Welcome to Love Your Heart, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic's Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart and Vascular Institute. These podcasts will help you learn more about your heart, thoracic, and vascular systems, ways to stay healthy, and information about diseases and treatment options. Enjoy. So I'm Steve Nissen, and I'm here with Dr. Amar Krishnaswamy, who's one of a group of specialists here at the Cleveland Clinic that specialize in what's known as structural heart disease. This is repairing often heart valves and other structures through catheters rather than with surgery. So this is field to evolve very rapidly. So let's talk about some of the things you're doing. Um, uh, some of our patients, of course, have mitral regurgitation. That's leakage of the mitral valve. You've got some new options for them. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. We do. You know, the mitral space is a really exciting space for us uh, in interventional cardiology. Oftentimes, the patients we're treating with uh, these catheter-based approaches don't have another option for surgery, or even if it's an option, it's not a great one. And so we're able to bring this service to a lot of patients, try to get them to feel better when they might not have had a good alternative. We use the Mitra Clip, which is an FDA-approved device uh, in most of our patients uh, who have mitral valve regurgitation. How does it work? Explain for me to our patients, how, how does this little device work? It's, I think the best analogy that I would give is it's like a clothespin. Much, much smaller, but about the size of a dime or so. It's like the hairpins I use in my hair. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah, okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> and so the, we, what we do is we take this clip and it's on the end of a catheter. It's squeezed down uh, even smaller. We place it in the vein that's at the top of the right thigh. And then we go up to the mitral valve. We open it up and we put it onto the end of the mitral valve that doesn't come together as well as it should. So if the valve is sitting a bit apart and that's why it's leaking in between, we just shore up the valve together. Just pull it together. Just pulls it together. The valve still opens on either side of the clip. So we're not making the valve too narrowed. Uh, but it does help with the regurgitation in the back. Now, is the patient asleep for this procedure? For the mitral clip, the patient is asleep. They're under a general anesthesia uh, as well as on a ventilator. Usually, they come into the operating room fully awake. We have a conversation, make sure we're all on the same page together. Our anesthesia team puts the patient to sleep. We do the mitral clip procedure. When we're done, the breathing tube comes out even before they leave the operating room. So despite all of that, generally the patients leave the very next morning. That's pretty, that's pretty short uh, hospital stay and certainly a lot shorter than having a, a valve replaced. So that's pretty, <laughs> that pretty terrific. And then you, you do other kinds of procedures. Uh, maybe some of our patients have had a, a valve put in but there's a leakage around the valve and you can now fix those too. We can, you know, that's a procedure that uh, we've developed a bit of a niche for here at Cleveland Clinic, so we do that a lot more than uh, most other places. In fact, a lot of places don't offer it. But what can happen after a surgical valve replacement, whether it's an aortic valve or a mitral valve or a tricuspid valve, is that sometimes the surgical valve can actually pull away from the cardiac tissue. The valve is still in place, but where it's pulled away, there's a little space. So that leakage can be just as bad as if the valve itself was not functioning. This is an important diagnosis actually for patients to understand that it exists because if patients are feeling the typical heart failure symptoms, the symptoms they may have had before the surgery, the echocardiogram from the outside might not actually demonstrate this kind of a leakage. 
So they need to be persistent in talking to their doctor about these symptoms, and it might necessitate a transesophageal echo or an echo from the back of the mouth to look more closely at that valve. And if that leak is there, you can put little plugs in there and plug if it up. If the leak is there, we put in a little plug. It's like a little cotton ball that we stuff into the top of a medicine jar uh, is the best analogy I would give. But it essentially seals up that little hole, and patients go back to hopefully feeling as good as they did before. Now, it's almost become routine now, but, of course, one of the big procedures you all do is uh, replacing the aortic valve through the catheter. And that's continued to evolve, has it not? Uh, so are those done under, under anesthesia now or with patients awake? Uh, so for a number of years now, we switched from doing the TAVR, the transcatheter aortic valve replacement, from a general anesthesia to what we call a conscious sedation. So patients get kind of medicine, it makes them drowsy and sleepy and comfortable and... They are comfortable. Uh, to be honest, they're really not that drowsy or sleepy. I'm usually able to have a conversation with them. Uh, sometimes it's helpful to say, turn your head to one way or the other or take a deep breath in. Uh, so overall, it's about 45 minutes from when we walk in to start to when we're all done. We often have a nice conversation while the valve is going in, and then the patients go home the next day. You know, this procedure has gone from being a very complicated, technical, big deal procedure to something pretty routine in a short amount of time. You know, it's, we were very fortunate in that we were among uh, the first three centers in the U.S., to start doing this procedure back in uh, 2006. Yeah. And it wasn't even FDA approved uh, until about 2012. So we had a nice running start uh, with a lot of cases before it was even ever approved. Yeah. And so, at least for the TAVRs, I think for 2019, we're probably on slate to do about 700 or so procedures. Wow, yeah. The procedure's gotten easier. Is that because the devices have gotten better? Has that also helped? The devices have gotten smaller, yep. uh, and I think, in all honesty, as a community of operators doing TAVR, we have gotten better because we have, when the, when the device was in its infancy, we shared a lot of experiences among the different centers doing them. Yeah. We still have a lot of conferences where, uh, here at Cleveland Clinic, we tend to give a lot of the lectures that are involved uh, in TAVR and how to make things better and some of the research there as well. Yeah. So for patients that have... Uh, aortic valves that aren't working correctly for leaky mitral valves or maybe a leak around a valve, uh, there are now some pretty good non-surgical options. And, uh, you know, our physicians like uh, Dr. Krishnaswamy can provide some really innovative solutions that might get people better more quickly and without uh, the, the trauma surgery. That's a, that's a big advance. I'm glad to be able to help. It's a, it's a really nice feeling to to be able to provide opportunities for patients who may or may not have them. Absolutely, and thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Please subscribe and share the link on iTunes.